Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Russ Farashik. I'm trying to match your energy. Welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about the Resties required reading list. It's back, baby. It's back. And it's, and, and it's a good year. Or years? Years. years. A, b- a batch of years. And and Chris Point, you have such a merry vibe about you. I like this energy. Well, people are listening to this between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but we're recording it Thanksgiving morning. Yes, indeed. The, the uh, football is on in the background. Uh, parades are happening. There's dog shows. I saw you know, a Wonder Bread float cruise by on the tv and i was like yeah. well it must be thanksgiving can I, so i'm i started prepping the turkey yesterday right you okay. gotta brine it yeah and i came across what i think is the most frustic food i've ever seen oh interesting which is when you get the turkey yeah like right from the butcher there's you reach inside of it and oh. there's just a neck and a bag of stuff yeah and if i had to Giblets? imagine sure yes so what that, that is i think they're yeah giblets or giblets giblets sure um either that to me if i if i was trying to think of the protein of a choice that would go with egg steam that would live in the canon of your food yeah i could imagine every meal being a piece of like burnt toast <laughs> egg steam and like a turkey neck oh just the and, neck? I don't even get the giblets. I mean, well, you would like mush them all together. You pound them. Oh, yeah. And then you would you would like kind of spread them over it so, like a, a delicacy. So you think I'm Gollum is what you're saying? Yeah. You think I'm the appetite <laughs> I, of Gollum? I think that's right. I mean, am I wrong? No, no, pretty close. I do eat fish a lot, and Gollum loves fish. <laughs> and it's most, mostly the heads. Yeah, right? mostly the heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah mostly the heads. <laughs> no, it, it brought me a lot of joy as I was, you know, <laughs> arm deep inside of my turkey, <clears throat> uh, just thinking about you munching away, uh, the happiest little boy in, in the in Yeah, the that, that would bring me a lot of joy. Um, do you have any other pro tips for, for uh, people? Make, I mean, it won't be applicable for this year, but I guess for next well, year. For, people for Christmas. For Christmas, know, yeah, pro y- tips. Y- y- you can still do it um i i mean uh, uh, remember to brine at least a day in advance i don't even know do you just get brine in like a jar and so like it? Well, what i what i did i don't know if this is right i'm just going off of a new york times recipe you chop up uh some lemon zest right okay and you uh a lot of coarse salt and pepper and then you just mush it well first you dry off the turkey and then you mush it all over it and then you put that in a big Ziploc bag, right? Like yeah. A huge Ziploc bag. You put that in the refrigerator, and then you come back like a day or two later, and there's just like all this goo juice. Oh. Like blood goo juice oh. that has been pulled out of the turkey. It's like a Cronenberg movie. Yeah. It's it's real real nasty. And then you throw the turkey away, and you just drink the juice. Oh, okay, Happy Thanksgiving. Cool. <laughs> so what's funny is I thought when people say brining a turkey, I figured you'd have to like get pickles throw the pickles away and just use the brine from the pickles and then pour that all over the turkey. I agree with you until this time. And I'm now wondering, is the brine... Somebody can answer this for us. The brine must be the juice that comes out of it. Right? Uh, what's what, what do pickles come in? Isn't that brine? Y- yeah, but maybe that's the juice that's pulled out of the pickles. Because you put all this... We, 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 we have to talk about video games. We can't keep doing this. Okay, fair this. enough. Okay, uh, we are going to talk about video games and um, uh, maybe a few more salt-based cooking pro tips right after the break. Okay, we're back. 
I'm going to do this real fast. The Resties required reading list premise for people who are just joining now. Our goal is to collect a list of 25 games from Pac-Man to modern day. That's 1980 to 2020. Are you These saying are... it's come a long way since Pac-Man? I'm saying it's come a long way since Pac-Man. Okay. These are not the best games. They're not even our favorite games. These are most definitely not like a list of 100 games, that, you know, that every gamer has to play. It's not that. You can find that on Google. This, these are the games that if you really want to care about games, if you want a fundamental appreciation of them, if you want to learn how to read them, if you want a richer connection with where things you like in games that you play in 2022 come from, where they originated, that's this. You know how like, when you're learning a language, they say, well, it's too bad you don't know Latin because that'd be really helpful. These are the Latin of video games. Yes. The Latin of video games, the video games 101, the 25 games that we would put in a museum. These are those games. So each episode, we focus on five years of video game history. We've actually done three of these episodes so far. We've done 85 to 89, which was Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, and SimCity. 95 to 99, which was Super Mario 64, Pokemon Red and Blue, and Final Fantasy VII, and StarCraft. And we've done 2005 to 2009. Resident Evil 4, Wii Sports, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Demon Souls. Now, we are talking about 2010 to 2014. The first chunk, well, uh, I guess technically both of us were working in the industry in the 2005 to 2009. Yes. But this is like, this is the meat of us, it of the, our, the early part of our careers. We were around for all of this. So uh, we're revisiting that. And you know what? Besties was around for a chunk of this. Yeah, 2012 is when Besties started. Yeah. So um, we've been really looking forward to it. Do you, you want to just dig in right from the top? I think Go we got to gotta just dig in. Okay. So 2010 is where we're starting. And this is the year to me where two things are happening that are extremely consequential. One is AAA gaming is consolidating. We're starting to see like a few key franchises that just come out every year. We're getting less of those, you know, random Activision games that you've never heard of and you'll never hear of again. Um, less games like Wet from Bethesda. <laughs> um, uh, and it's also the very early days of uh, indie games on console. And what I would say kind of like, this is the moment that provoked the gold rush on, on indie games. Yeah. Um, so, some stuff just right off the top that I think stand out <laughs> from this year. Super Mario Galaxy 2. Maybe, maybe my favorite Mario game. Definitely top two or three. It's certainly up there. Mass Effect 2. I, I understand. Certainly the best by like a mile of the Mass Effect. Of the Mass Effect games, yes. Red Dead Redemption. Um, StarCraft 2. I, I'm uh, one that is not going to make our final list, but I just think is an excellent. If we're going to put Pac-Man on it, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX is this year. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> the best Pac-Man comes out thirty it, years after we 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 begin our. It our is the process. best Pac-Man game ever made. I agree with that. And and then on the indie side, we have Limbo, we have Super Meat Boy, and we have Cave Story, just to name a couple. Yeah. Um, which all. Super. I mean, Super Meat Boy, you know, there's a, a video game documentary about it. Limbo, you know, we just had Somerville come out this year, and I understand they're from different studios, but a lot of same inspiration. And Cave Story maybe is the proto-indie game in terms of taking a genre that 
the AAA space had kind of ignored in Metroidvanias and then reviving it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, you know, of of the games that we're kind of looking at, I think the story of 2010 is definitely one of indie games. Like that it feels stands out to me because even though there were a lot of very solid, very impressive games that came out on the AAA side, um, it there wasn't anything like necessarily totally world changingly brand new but the idea that like a game like super meat boy or a game like cave story or limbo could come out and make a a colossal amount of money and get released on like major platforms was a total sea change that continues to this day to see dividends like continues to make a huge impact you know this entire year this last year 2022 was saved by indie games because there were like six triple a games that came out but tons and tons of great indie games that we've talked about on the show so yeah i it feels to me like this is an area that we just need to like pay homage to yeah i i i think kind of i guess threading the gap between those two things because there wasn't Activision and EA filling the space with the you know usual excess. I mean, they of definitely had games. Games they had they had other like stuff. Junky but, games coming out at this time, like it was but, still right. But you know. I guess what I'm saying is it, it was it was beginning to thin out enough that I feel like it's also the year that we saw Square Enix, Bandai Namco, Sega experimenting mm-hmm. and like getting some things really maybe not right but really interesting. So this is also the year that we have Just Cause 2, which I think is one of the best open world games ever made. We yeah. have um, Deadly Premonition, um, Vanquish, uh, which is absolutely thrilling action game that is on Steam now. Um, I think there's just a lot more kind of experimentation. Yeah, the, the Lara Croft and the publishers. Guardian of Light, which we just recently talked about great example yeah. of like here's an ip we're gonna com- take it in a completely different direction turn it into like a puzzle platformer physics-based co-op game and like that's pretty i mean it was an you know it was a not a major major release it was a smaller game but it was very creative and cool so. and then there's also demon souls <laughs> yeah Which... wait 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 i thought demon Souls. didn't we say that demon souls was oh wait, i guess it's technically 2009 I think I think I think, I think we I included in 2009 probably the Japanese versus yeah US I think that's release. what I'm thinking that's that's yeah because we would already have it we already have it on the thing so yeah. it couldn't be this year yeah, yeah that's 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 correct so okay what do we want to start bolding here <clears throat> I mean I would I would say let's bold I agree I just cause two I don't think it's gonna make the cut but I agree that it's really spectacular and does sort of create a certain kind of a genre in and of itself. So that's fine. Um, Civ five fallout, new Vegas. I know that you have a lot of love for fallout, new Vegas, but is it, is it, um, I would say for this time? Well, here's the thing. Here's sort of the legacy of fallout, new Vegas. It is definitely the best of the 3d fallout games. Not even a question. But I think it is very much informed by the original Fallout games in terms of the writing style and the structure. It was just sort of manifesting that concept into a 3D world rather than it being more of an action-y thing, that, uh, which is what Bethesda Game Studios did with Fallout 3 and 4. So great game, spectacular, but I, 
I would point to earlier Fallout games if I was going to say something really stood out. On the Civ front, I just am not really a huge Civ person, so I couldn't really tell you. I know people really like Civ Five, but I wouldn't really know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if Civ Five is where I would um, put the. I Civ. do think. <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm looking at Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy more than Cave Story was mm-hmm. a financial like massive success. Cave Story, I want to say, released as freeware, right? It was like a free game. Yes. So this is like tricky because I believe Cave Story's first release is 2004. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's so this is like the first time they sold it, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, I think I think we need something on here that's representative of the indie game success. And I think the two that jump out at me, well, three, actually. Limbo, Super Meat Boy, and Plants vs. Zombies are like three juggernauts in terms of indie success. Um, You know, I don't have the sales figures in front of me, but I know they all did very, very well. Uh, And they're all amazing, amazing games. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I think that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to earmark cave story too just because i think we should come back and talk about it a little okay. bit more but i i i i'm gonna I, i'm gonna say let's pass on limbo let's let's keep super meat boy cave story plants versus zombies here okay um just because i think you're right that super meat boy and its connection with just the indie movie documentary and plants versus zombies in terms of its transition from indie-ish to you know ea mega brand yeah um, i mean it well it was owned kind of by popcap and then EA yeah. bought PopCap. So I think when right. Plants vs. Zombies came out in 2010, it was just still PopCap games, yeah. which technically was an indie. One other game I want to mention uh, before we go to 2011 is Cart Life, which was humongous for a, a, sh- a short period. It won basically every award at the Indie Games Festival. Is that, it's Indie Games Festival. IGF. Um, and, and it's a really interesting game. I recommend people check it out. It is a tough game to play it is about the difficulty of life (laughs) i mean i don't know a better way of putting it than that um and it's on steam you should you should really check it out that said i do not know if i could put it on this list just because it it, it, it's strange in that it had this really big moment and yet it is not a game that obviously was not like some like financial success but even creatively i i don't it's not a game I see mentioned a lot as inspiration for sure. other games. Um, it but, does feel like it was kind of the last major, like, winning all these awards at the Independent Games Festival, but before indie games really, like, clicked from a, like, business, financial, whatever. So it didn't hit a broader audience. Y- yeah, yeah. I, 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 think that, I think that is spot on. Okay, 2011 bonkers year for the most influential games of all time in the same year minecraft dark souls skyrim kentucky route zero and i know that kentucky route zero sounds like it does not belong there but but here's my argument for it you know that that um saying about velvet underground that only like 100 people bought their first record but all of them started a band that is how i feel about kentucky route zero like, it is a game that just feels like such an inspiration for so much of the stuff we play today. That is true. But, yes, is it is it Minecraft Dark Souls Skyrim? No. No, it it's a very different thing with very different ambitions. Um, just absolutely bonkers of a year. In each, uh, Minecraft Dark Souls Skyrim, 
those are effectively three of what the core five pillars of where games went over the following decade. Yeah, pretty much. And and continue to go like that's pretty much where we're at uh, building off of those games. Now, the what makes this a little bit easier is we've already included Demon Souls in past years. Now, mm-hmm. Dark Souls obviously takes a huge leap ahead of Demon Souls and being like one giant open world. But I don't think it's so much of a leap that I think you would need to play both games no. for a required reading list. Which I think we talked about even on that episode. Yeah. I I, 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 I agree. Um, Skyrim and Minecraft, I mean, I, it's very hard to imagine a world in which Minecraft is not. Yeah, I, I agree. I think <laughs> we, we can we can go ahead and bold Minecraft right now, and I'd be shocked if we left this episode and Minecraft wasn't the of yeah. the three or however many we're carrying forward. It's so probably going to be. Yeah, circle back up to its importance a little bit later. Here's the thing about Skyrim. Uh-huh. Skyrim, massive success, pretty mm-hmm. fun game, um, continues to be sold to this day uh, by Bethesda, has released innumerable uh, versions of it. I do not think Skyrim evolves the model that was established, I would say, in Oblivion. Elder Scrolls Oblivion was the game that came before Skyrim. I think has so much of the DNA. Like, it definitely evolved. Uh, The jump from, like, uh, Morrowind to Oblivion was pretty significant. Like, that was a huge jump. I don't think the jump from Oblivion to Skyrim was that big. So if I was going to point to an Elder Scrolls game that had a huge impact, it'd probably be Oblivion. So here's the question for that, though. Okay. Is Oblivion especially playable these yeah. days? You, I think you, it you is, think, yeah. You think it would still be enjoyable? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think Morrowind... Okay. I mean, you people will argue. I've tried playing Morrowind. It is brutal to play Morrowind. But, Obli- but uh, Oblivion has almost all of the mechanics that are going on in Skyrim. There is some, like, quality of life stuff that they brought up. I would say Oblivion is more interesting because they were more willing to let the player break the game because you can like make your own spells that do like wild ass combos where you can jump 300 feet in the air and then die from the fall damage they just like didn't really care if people broke it and it just feels like much more of an open experience because of that so here's we kind of have to create a new rule here oh oblivion we've already done that episode, oh we, sk- we missed that year 2009 we 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 did it. Yeah, we just we it, it it didn't make the cut. I I bet because we thought like eh, I bet Skyrim. I don't it. know. Maybe I think I, it was just a really competitive year. I think it, I think it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and add a color to our spreadsheet. That's basically a hey maybe we need to come back to this at the end of it because mm-hmm. I have a feeling we're gonna have to do some pickups. Okay, maybe you know, at, at the at the very end. Maybe um we can I'm bold gonna, it for I'm, now. I'm still gonna bold Skyrim for yeah. now, and we can keep going. Um, Kentucky Route Zero. I, let, let, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to make the cut, but you can add it. Um, yeah. I, any any other games from this window that you want to shout out? I know that Portal 2 and Bastion are like two games that you love. I mean, there's three. I, I, there's three on here that I love. Actually, there's a bunch. This is a this is like a right to the heart of Russ Frustick year for me. Uh, Batman Arkham City. I adore um bastion's pretty good i think portal 2 is probably my number one or two game ever (laughs) okay and is also the game that i recommend for people that have never played a 3d game that like uses an analog stick to look around portal 2 is like a perfect game 
Um, and I mean, there's Binding of Isaac. Let's talk about Binding of Isaac for a second. I know, I know we've given it a lot of airtime in recent years, but it's important to recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. that Binding of Isaac basically birthed the idea of like action roguelikes, which is a mm. genre that is so popular today that you cannot take two steps without falling on another action roguelike. Um, you know, Enter the Gungeon and Hades and the, all those sorts of games owe so much to the groundwork that was set with Binding of Isaac. Now, it wasn't the first Rogue game ever. Obviously, that was Rogue. But Rogue was a turn-based strategy game, a uh, turn-based RPG. Binding of Isaac, obviously an action game, but it manifested the Rogue mechanics within an action environment. So I think it's definitely worth bolding, and I would make some arguments for its inclusion, but we can kind of get there at the end of the episode. Um, just another game to mention that is not going to make the cut, but mm. people should check out <laughs> Driver San Francisco. Yeah. One of the most batshit ambitious ideas from a period where Ubisoft was really trying new things. There was this, this kind of window in the early Assassin's Creed days where um, Ubisoft put creativity above all else, uh, including fun sometimes <laughs> or like games working. Um, so you would have a game like Driver San Francisco, which was effectively Google Maps um, meets the, a TV series called Life on Mars, which was popular at the time. Um, and you you drive around San Francisco, but at any moment you can cast your body out or your I guess your spirit. Yeah, out you of like the turn body. into a ghost, basically. Yeah, fly up into the bird's eye view of the city and then you can transport yourself back into the body of any other driver in the city effectively so you have missions where you know you need to stop uh somebody who's trying to get away from bank heist or whatever and you could just i don't know teleport into a semi driver and then block off an intersection and have them crash into it yeah uh very 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 clever um this is also the same period where they had a sean white skateboarding game where you could create neon green glowing rails wherever you wanted um, it was like, I don't know, almost kind of augmented reality is how it would seem today. Um, a really cool time for that publisher that is kind of long gone. Yeah. Um, okay, I feel like we have some good good stuff from 2011. Yeah, great. 2012. Year. This is, how, how would you describe this year? Well, this is, I think, you know, we're two years after, <laughs> I think, the real indie explosion. And we're starting to see, I think the indie world become a more mature, like, you know, just as a mature business. Like people are obviously developing with the idea that, hey, we could actually make some money um, if we like really polish this up and make it feel like a really full project. So we have games like Hotline, Mi Hotline Miami, which uh, obviously was like, so this next era of indie games. Uh, but we also have like really bizarre stuff like Frog Fractions, which like, People taking it in like a totally different direction. Um, man, yeah, Candy Crush, I guess, came out that year too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, this is also the year of Walking Dead, which I remember- The Telltale the, Game. Yeah, the Telltale Game, thank you. At the time that, that, that it felt revolutionary, that they were going to release a story-based game and it was episodic- and it was actually making good on something that kind of Alan Wake had set up a couple of years before. Yeah, and and I mean, it, I mean, it, it just 
took over kind of I was I guess the critic sphere of gaming. Uh, it ended up winning surprise uh, the game awards. Then I think they were called the video game awards then or something. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it was shocking. And the whole the whole reason it won really was like, oh, this is the future. This is what games are in the future. And both yes and no. It, one, no, and that Telltale just didn't work out. Um, a lot of the talent from that Walking Dead game went and did other things. Um, in the episodic structure, his never clicked but the idea of kind of living games is is kind of the evolution of it yeah, that we see everywhere. i don't agree i i you don't you don't, you don't think there's any i, I know i don't think there's uh, here's the difference here so we yes. have episodic games like walking dead where the idea was like you'd play whatever a three to four hour experience every three months let's say Mm-mm-mm. with living games or you know games as service or whatever you want to call it the idea is generally there's like a core game and that core game experience gets gets added to with new features and new content, whatever. But you can always go back to the core game that exists. I, I think that's a very different oh. thing than just like releasing I, oh, a game yeah. in five no, parts. I, I, th- I think they're, yeah, I, th- I think they're different. <clears throat> and again, this is my me Galaxy braiding. I think they're different, but I think the hope with the games like episodic games like Walking Dead, right? Was that that window would get shorter and shorter. You know, The Walking Dead originally, I think, was even the episodes were supposed to come out much closer together. Yeah. Um, and it, it turns out that it's just hard to develop like that. But the hope was we can release video games where you want to tune in every week, like you do with a movie. Yeah. And I think things like Fortnite and Final Fantasy XIV and other games are accomplishing that. They just realized that there was a better means of doing it. Yeah, yeah. And a, and a better structure for the type of game that would allow for something like that. Um, you mentioned uh, a lot of the indie games and Candy Crush. This also feels like a huge year for mobile um, and I guess portable. We have Persona 4 Golden coming out on Vita this year, um, which to me, I, I, there have always been great mobile games and portable games. But for me, that felt like the beginning of, oh, I'm getting console experiences on the go. Yeah, like, that's legit. really more of a Vita celebration than it is a Persona 4 Golden, even though that is a good game. Yes, though I think it's it's the fact that that game, I mean, there was a lot of games on Vita that did not even come close to that quality, right? Sure. You know, like Uncharted was on Vita and it felt, you know, they, they made some compromises. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we have that. We have Super Hexagon. Yeah. Um, just the sh- like kind of breath. We have Gravity Rush, which is I, maybe as much responsible for that as Persona 4 Golden, just in terms of, wow, they made an exclusive that is an open world game. Yeah, Year um, Walk is another really strong mobile game. Yeah. I mean, some really cool stuff. And Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the best uh, Animal Crossing games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, just a, a, a great year overall. Um, and I, it feels like, again, like, it's, it's, I feel like we keep saying, like, oh, it's a culturally, culturally significant year. But it is just bonkers how we, I feel like we got really lucky when we started working in the industry because it was this just absolutely wild change point um, where there's just more stuff coming out, more people making games. And just way, way, way wider variety. Yeah. Um, we should, I know, put some put some stuff down. Yeah. I mean, of these, 
I, uh, part of me wants to put Journey on there. I wrote the review for Journey for Polygon. Interesting little side wow, note. Right. Journey was the very first 10 that Polygon ever gave. Now, we don't give scores anymore, <laughs> but it was the first 10. And in the intro paragraph of the Journey review, I basically said that if you were going to send, you know how they sent that plaque into space with the satellite so that yeah. if aliens found it, they'd know. If you were going to send a video game into space, send Journey because it's a game with no dialogue. It's all visuals. It's very easy to pick up the controls and have an emotional experience based on what's going on. Great music, great visuals, everything. Um, I don't know. It 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 has DNA in later like experiential adventure games. You know, we talked about Somerville. I, I certainly think there is like a similarity there. Um, Journey is great and yeah. uh, kind of jumps out at me immediately. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm also bolding Candy Crush Saga. Yeah, I know. I get talk it. Talk about it. It's 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 just so tremendously important. Um, there are very uh, few games that we are talking about as part of this reading list that is like currently still very mega successful. Microsoft wants to buy Activision Blizzard in the large part for Candy Crush Saga. Like, yep. and they're all all of the uh, you know about Call of Duty and PlayStation and yada, yada, yada. Sure. But King is like the crown jewel of, of, of that deal. It is the thing that makes a lot of money and doesn't seem to have the headaches yeah. uh, that the other publishers have. And I don't know what to do in terms of indie games because, again, there's just so much. I mean, Frog Fractions, Dear Esther... Um, Dysphoria, you mentioned your walk, 30 Flights of Loving, Analog, a hate story. Um, I mean, there's, they are amazing even indie know. games, but I don't necessarily think that one of them is sort of the, you know, yeah, the dear, carry through. Dear Esther is maybe the only one that I would, maybe, I'm, I'm bullet. Just because, so for people who don't know, did, did you play Dear Esther? That was, it was, uh, I don't want to diminish it, but a walking simulator, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm, well, I think that's why I would consider it, is it to me kind of sets the template for the walking simulators. Yeah. Um, which, again, I don't think even is a knock on it. There are a lot of great games that have been inspired by that. And now just those sort of, those moments where, you know, you get to play Last of Us and your character actually puts their gun down. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to that and um, some, some other games by a, a studio called Tale of Tales. Um, okay, 2013. The Last of Us, Flower, Fez, <laughs> Dota 2. Again, we're, we're in the thick of a lot of, a lot of big stuff. How, how would you describe this year? Uh, 2013 was sort of, you know, I think this felt like the maturing of, I guess this era was the what, 360 PS3 era. And we are now starting to see like the kind of the heights or the capabilities of what these pieces of hardware were capable of, like what, what, what they could pull off. So the last of us, obviously an example, Grand Theft Auto five, obviously an example of like, People didn't think that the place, the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 could handle a game like GTA 5, which continues to this day to be Mondo successful and, you know, basically hasn't 
been followed on an, on e- any like financial level. Uh, Red Dead Two was is not as successful as GTA Five, not even close. So uh, certainly worth a consideration. Yeah, I, I just think it's like a maturing of of those consoles. Yeah, th- this to me is also the year where I see indie dev is like making money, um, or at least finding a means to make money. I, I think the I, I I think the audience has grown such that it's not just two or three indie games that are making money. It's like right. let's say a dozen or two dozen that are like really doing well. And, and people are used to seeing indie games on their consoles or on their phones. Mm-hmm. That just the branding of indie as an idea like is getting traction. Yeah. So we have stuff like Sports Friends, which could have just never been released ever. Um, that is the a pack of games, uh, of indie games that includes Johann Sebastian Joust, which you would play with your move controllers and which I think both of us are just humongous fans of. Yes. Um, Johann Sebastian Joust is maybe the most well-known I- installation game, like a game that you would actually see in museums. Um, uh this is also the year of Splunky HD, which is hard to imagine not on our our list. Um, and Towerfall. Um, but then stuff like Flappy Bird, right? Like, which is an indie game and which made just an astonishing amount of money before its creator pulled it off the internet. Um, yeah, it's well, I mean, Antichamber, Gone Home, again, games that are just very small teams that are making gobs and gobs of money and um, and, and, and great games like these are not uh you know games that are just yeah, like cashing <laughs> like the most disgusting thing imaginable like they're actually like very creative uh interesting and and well done games so i i, I know that grand theft auto 5 will just be something we talk about um <laughs> have we what? included a gta game yet i don't think we I have thought we did three did we include three let me check. Could be wrong, but um, no, we have not included a Grand Theft Auto so far. I mean, that's, um, I think that falls in the Skyrim uh, category, which is to say, like, I think we kind of need to if we haven't included it. It's like, did we not do the Arrow when GTA Three came out, and we just mm, no, we didn't. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, because I, because it's like right after nine eleven. Okay, right. Um, so at uh, this point, yeah, you know, I think that's probably what's going to shake out there because I think. GTA 3 had way more of an impact, but we can certainly consider it. Um, other games on here. I, uh, yes, Blunky. I, I mean, I love Towerfall. But I, I, I know. Towerfall, just to reiterate, the best local multiplayer game I've ever played in my life and continues to be. Just is. Yes. It's better than Smash, Smash Brothers. It's better than Mario Kart. It's fun, fucking fantastic. Um, but that formula of like that emphasis on local multiplayer games has continued to be more and more rare because those games just like it's harder and harder to get people together in that way. So, I mean, to be fair though, it is also the game that launched the Ouya, um, which has gone on to be, you know, the most important video game console of all time. Yeah. Um, I, Dota 2 is, you know, their last of us. I, I don't, mm. I, 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 I think we can skip those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean it's like they're, they're, they're great games that 
I think there are other games that have had a more profound influence. There are games that were influenced, not as much games that are influencing. Um, Final Fantasy XIV is also the other one that I'm like, uh, maybe. That's the MMO, right? It won't go away. Yeah, it's yeah. the MMO. It just gets bigger. Um, it is the game that, you know, has effectively countered World of Warcraft, which for a while felt like could not happen. Um, we should, we should keep moving. I know we have yeah. one more year. One game that I'm going to, well, I'm going to recommend two games, uh, that we will not talk about further. Starseed Pilgrim and 868 Hack. These games are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Are they still accessible? Um, they, Starseed Pilgrim definitely is. You can play it on Steam. Um, and I think, honestly, I think Star Citizen Pilgrim came out earlier, but I think 2013 is when it came to Steam. 868 Hack is also on Steam. Great. Um, you, both, I mean, indie games through and through, they are the type of games that did not get nearly enough attention, um, when they came out. Um, and yeah, you know what? They were the games that would have won the IGF three years earlier. Yeah. Um, before these massive investments and in, in started happening. Uh, okay, 2014. Final year for this chunk. Ooh, the, the destiny happened. Yeah, know? there's destiny. This, I, I, this, you know, we, we've, had, we've had a lot of great years. This feels like, uh, you know, everything kind of catching up to itself. You just know, like, like too much, too much ambition, you mean? Or too, well, now we're, now we're getting the sequels. Oh, you sure. know, now yeah. like Assassin's Creed is like, I don't know. Pirates. Black Flag. Dragon Age, I don't know. Inquisition. Binding of Isaac, why not have a rebirth? <laughs> <laughs> You're just adding <laughs> words to the original, yeah. I you mean, Binding like, of Isaac was a reboot. Black, Fa- Black Flag, in its defense, I think re- really reimagined what an Assassin's Creed game could be. Oh, I love that game. Amazing you game. Don't have any need to recommend it to people. No, no, sure. Uh, at this point. Um, I mean, yeah, Smash Brothers for Wii U. One of an all timer video game title. Just the name alone. Um, Diablo three, which had just a notorious launch, terrible launch, and then got became a very very good game. You know, there, there's other stuff. Titanfall, which a game I like, but a game that launched without a single player campaign <laughs> in a time where that was just unheard of, um, especially at its price. Uh, you know, there, there there's some stuff here like that I I love, like Mario Kart eight. That you know would go on to have better versions with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, and then Hearthstone and Divinity Original Sin, which yeah, I mean pretty Hearth- good. I mean Hearthstone of the ones that we're looking at right now, Hearthstone feels like it has probably the biggest impact because it was it was the first time that a computer uh, card game or like a video game card game really like blew up um in a really broad mainstream way obviously magic the gathering had been successful for many many years but i feel like there wasn't the equivalent card game success on the video game side and hearthstone proved that and now we're seeing the remnants of that with marvel snap with uh slay the spire with 16 other you know card game uh card games that are like that so certainly worth considering hearthstone Okay. Let's... It won't make the cut, but I do want to 
No, maybe I'll save it for our favorites thing at the very Yeah, end. and then Definity Original Sin, uh, credit to it being the D&D type game before this D&G boom that yeah. has just taken over the world. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to make the cut, um, but uh, hey, it's a great game. It is very good. Uh, whew, we're making it. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll recap all the games that are in our shortlist, and then we'll cut down the shortlist and... Get to the meat of it. Sounds good. I'll talk to you in a minute. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to start cutting some games down. We're going to start cutting some games down, and we're going to talk about only the best ones. So we need to get down to like, oh, like three or four. Is it, we're we're going to do well. We're going to do well, because I'm going to cut mercilessly. Games Great. I'm going to cut that right away. Easier. Right. I think we need to cut. Just Cause 2. Because okay, I think, you're I right. think <laughs> there are, even though we love it, there are other open world games that came before that allow you to fuck with the environment. Not to the extent of Just Cause 2, but certainly there are similarities. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I think I would probably maybe cut all of these. <laughs> uh, yeah, game Story, Super Meat Boy, Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. I think mm-hmm. we're, there's going to be a game in 2011 that's basically going to check the box of what we're trying to do with these games. Which Kentucky is to Ride say, Zero, got it. <laughs> successful indie <laughs> games, and it's probably not going to be Kentucky Ride Zero. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to get the sense that you're going to find a way to get um, Binding of Isaac. I think it's going to be... Binding of Isaac does so much for us. We've talked previously about certain games like StarCraft Mm -hmm. that do like the esports thing and the RTS thing. Binding of Isaac does the uh, birthing the action roguelike genre, essentially. So Spelunky doesn't make the cut then? Uh, That is a fair question to ask ourselves. We should absorb that question in a second. But let's talk about <laughs> Binding of Isaac for now. Binding of Isaac does the action, a roguelike thing. Okay. It also uh, sh- uh, proves out the idea of, hey, indie games can be massively successful, even mm-hmm. when they're very, very small. Um, and um, yeah, so it does. So kind of wears two hats there. Here, Here's my counterpoint. Minecraft also does some of this. Because Minecraft is an extreme indie game. That is true. It is, it is an extremely indie I, It's indie like game. hard for us to even comprehend. But this is a game that is being posted by mostly like three or four people. Yeah, like very, a, a very small very group. Very small group of people um, onto forums before it's official. Yeah, release. you don't need to convince me that Minecraft is an indie game. It defi- I mean, it isn't yeah. anymore, but it definitely was. Yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm more for people who are listening. No, you're right. I think, I think it's really hard, you know, when you go into Target and you see, like, Minecraft's toys and, like, cookware to understand just how small this game was. Um, yeah, okay. So, so and, and I agree. I think Minecraft needs needs to be on this list. Yes. No question I, about it. I'm going to say we don't need Skyrim. I don't it, think we it, need it, Skyrim. It, 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 don't worry. You will have played it probably, even if you don't have it on this list, because it's literally inescapable. And I would also say, like, if you've played an open world RPG in the last 20 years, you've essentially experienced Skyrim in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, well, that, that could be a case for it. No, no, no. Because, but I don't. But, but I would yes, say I, know, I do I not think mean. Skyrim birthed that. Yes formula i've gone back and i've added a new color to our spreadsheet for oblivion as a potential pick-me-up game 
when we get to the end of like of okay. forming our final list. Um, so definitely keeping Minecraft. Kentucky uh, Route not, Zero, I do not think you necessarily should include. No, I mean, it's going to be, we'll get back to it in a second, but it, it, not for this list. Let me not totally remove Binding of Isaac because I want to come back to it. Just in looking at the other games that are on this list, I want to make sure that okay, 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 we okay, have okay. something there. Um, um, Journey, a, a great game. Absolutely no need for us to keep it in my that's opinion. That's fine. Um, uh, Candy Crush Saga, now we're getting into like some tricky stuff <laughs> where it's like a game that I don't think. Uh, okay, either. no, let's, but let's explore Candy Crush Saga. Why is it um, being included? Is it being included because of the game or just the business around the game? Because hmm. if we're going to include just the game, I would look to like a game like Bejeweled, for example, or other earlier match three games. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's Candy a good point. Crush Saga obviously basically defined how to You're, make fucking gobs of cash with those games by making it like kind of You're an right. addictive and, formula. And I don't think people need to play that to have an appreciation of like this is like an art form. <laughs> I think they can like that if I was going to make a list for just video game journalists, you know, like yeah. potential critics and reporters, I would put this on it. Because yeah. I think it should be like studied, but I don't think it's necessary for admiring games. Yes. So oh, let's you. remove it. Easier. I sort of feel the same way about the dear. Well, not the same way about <laughs> the dear exact Esther. But... Same way about dear Esther. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think we need to include dear Esther, even though it is uh, quite good. And and I agree, it does have a lot of DNA later on. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five. I would remove it because I think again we're going to talk about GTA Three, and I think GTA so Three is the game. The, the counterpoint here is GTA Online. Yes, that is, and that's fair, but I do think the model of GTA Online owes more to like EverQuest to some that's extent. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I was getting, you're right. The, the like the role play and stuff that's happening there is yeah. being done long, long before this. Um, let's come back to the spunky question. Is, yeah, the greatest. Yeah, let's just greatest come back ever. to it. A Final Fantasy fourteen. I think we can lose because of again, like EverQuest, yeah. and it really is just an MMO. I mean, it's a very successful MMO, but it's an MMO. And then um, Hearthstone. I, yeah, give me a reason to remove Hearthstone because I'm I'm struggling to come up with one. I mean, we can only have 25 games. Yeah, but I think we're doing pretty well if we're going to carry forward how many? Three in this chunk? Let's see. Right we're now, four, we right? would have... If we keep it, we, that would be four. And uh, how many chunks do we have all together? We have eight chunks, right? So eight times three is twenty-four. So we're already we, we can't have too many. Okay, here's what here's four, what I'm gonna say. We're chunking, and this is gonna is gonna create some drama. Are you ready? Okay. Some resties drama. I think we definitely include Hearthstone. I think we definitely include Minecraft. I think only one between Spelunky and Binding of Isaac should live because they are both. Wait for it. Action roguelikes. I mean, then it's easy for me. Okay, let's hear it. It. it it's Spelunky because I think Spelunky is like one of, if not the best piece of game design ever. I agree with that. But how much later, how many later games have I, I, yeah, pulled I, from Spelunky versus Binding of Isaac? But this is where I would say it's the exception to the rule. I mm -hmm. think oftentimes we, we want both, right? Like a game ideally it's a it's a great game it's doing really interesting things it's great design 
and it was influential. Like, you know, again, because we're trying to make this such a narrow list. Yeah. That said, I think the, like, my in my opinion, the greatest example of game design, <laughs> that is, such, it, you know, sure, it's it might be lower in other categories, but because it is number one in that category, I think it makes the list. I, I just think every everybody should play this game yeah um i think it like gives people an appreciation of like what games can and should be now the problem with spelunky Mm -hmm. is that even though you're right everyone should play that game the multiplayer is bad (laughs) well no i wasn't gonna say that i was gonna say so few people even have even after having played the game will still leave that experience understanding why the design is so good because so few people have the patience to like get through what is unquestionably one of the most punishing gameplay experiences I've ever had in my life. And I don't mean by punishing, like it's just unfair because it's certainly not, but you don't understand that it's not unfair until you're like a hundred deaths in. (laughs) But by that same logic, I have not been able to get into binding of Isaac and it's a game I think I would love. Yeah. So you know, like there, I think I think both games have things about them that are no, that's that's fair that make um, them tough entries. I I respect Binding of Isaac. <laughs> I would I would, but I I just think. I mean, I don't. I look. I don't have any real skin in this game. I'm very happy with both. Two of your favorite or either one of those. I agree. Like it should only be one of them. Um you know, it's just a conversation. So realistically, like it ends up being Splunky or it ends up being Binding of Isaac. I don't, it's yeah. fine. I, 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 and and here, here's the answer to your, can you appreciate it? You can just read Derek's book. You know, just go, just <laughs> go read true. the book. You can just read the book. Who doesn't love books? Who doesn't? We, we love books. I'm, At Rescues, gonna, we love books. I will tell you why I'm fine with it being Splunky. Because yes. if you're going to play a Binding of Isaac game, don't play the original Flash one. Play... Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which came out in 2014. Now, almost everything in Binding of Isaac Rebirth was informed by Binding of Isaac, which came out in 2011, but that's sort of just like a pro tip for me to you, play Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Okay, so we have we have three. We have three, and where are they? Minecraft, Spelunky HD, and Hearthstone, which we, we cannot end this episode without... An explanation of why Hearthstone made the cut. I mean, it I kinda, already, kinda I already snuck ta- in there. No, I, I already mean, talked about it. I mean, yeah. how many, like, that was the successful, you know, card game video game. Like, there just, there were a couple, like, po- there was a Pokemon card game video game, whatever. There was a magic one, but like, nothing had broken out in the way that Hearthstone broke out. And a lot, I think, of games that came after it owe themselves and their success to Hearthstone. Now, obviously, Hearthstone owes its success to Magic the Gathering, but as a video, a video game, game. Mm-hmm. I think it really did uh, kind of break new ground. I think I think that is I think that's fair. <clears throat> is that the only Blizzard game that we have on the list so far? It no, is. StarCraft. We also have StarCraft. Oh yeah, we do have a StarCraft. Okay, 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 okay. And um, Diablo Immortal, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need to do some favorites because because. After okay. the Binding of Isaac thing, I think I need maybe two yeah. picks as favorites. Okay, okay. So you're going to put Binding of Isaac there. Yeah, I would pick... I mean, if this is just a uh, games you should play list, again, I would reiterate, you should play Binding of Isaac Rebirth. 
you know, and then I have to say like, well, you should really play it with all the expansions because that's really when the game sort of like really coalesced into something that's approachable. And the game that like Justin Griffin are now addicted to is the one with all the expansions. That's uh, Binding of Isaac Repentance. But yeah, just play any of them. I mean, they're great. But I but I do have one more that um, is yeah, probably I mean, the perfect. We make the rules. Perfect mobile game. I, don't, I can't think of a mobile game that is better than this game. And it is des- Desert Golfing. Yes! That's a great choice. Desert Golfing is the only game I have on my phone that has ca- ca- like carried, you know, it came out in 2014. It's now eight years hence. And whenever I like run out of internet or if I'm in the subway and the internet shuts down, whatever it is, I will turn to Desert Golfing. It is a soothing, meditative satisfying experience that uh really has no peer except for maybe golf on mars which was the sequel from the same developer that added like spin shots and stuff but generally speaking desert golfing is still a very perfect experience and i strongly recommend it i i love that um my uh, second one since we're getting bonuses this episode is gravity rush um just because it's a joy. It's such a happy game. I mean, I, I, it's really a choice between this and uh, Gravity Rush 2. Um, but it was kind of ahead of its time, both in like having a female protagonist and a, you know, effectively a major console exclusive. I understand it was the Vita, but it was, it was a big play by Sony at the time. And it felt for a minute like this was going to be a big property for them. Maybe it still will be. I think they're like trying to adapt it into a movie. Yeah, I could see um, that. Certainly, so, uh, they're probably like an anime, right? It seems so fit for an anime. It should, it should be so many things. It's got a cat. Um, what more do you need? Yeah, but the whole, the whole way of getting around this open world is by shifting the direction of gravity. So you effectively fall wherever you want to go. You want to go over a skyscraper, you aim gravity in the opposite direction, and you start falling up, and then you shift it sideways, and now you're falling sideways. Um, just a great game. So many great things that we didn't talk about in this episode. I, I feel like, like we didn't give time to like Device 6 or Papers, Please or Hohokam or Frog Fractions or the original Nier. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Did you have um, a second one? Second favorite? That was, oh, oh, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, yeah. I, sorry, I, I, I just kind of assumed. Um, if you want to hear me talk about that, listen to the podcast any episode probably have done it um uh any any other stuff this week uh you've been enjoying um no i i've uh after several people have recommended including justin i'm i'm now on the Andor train i'm three episodes in and uh enjoying it it's like born identity without the karate <laughs> born identity meets uh michael clayton might you say a little Tony Gilroy fan? Yeah, oh here. yeah, it's almost like the uh, creative mind behind those two franchises have come together and make a space movie. Space it also movie. has the first Jewish mom in Star Wars, which I've never seen before. <laughs> uh, breaking new ground there. Um, it, it definitely rang close to home. So good for them. Um, I, I speaking of Jewish moms, I saw the Fablemans. Oh, and how was that? What a movie! What a picture! My brother Cinema. took. Uh, my eight-year-old niece to that movie and her response at the end of it was it was too long wow (laughs) that's yeah that's a choice i would not have done that um (laughs) i would not have done that um 
but yeah, it's great. And then more, more and more Pentiment. I'm, I'm probably, I don't know, maybe halfway through. And what a game! I, I would love to do a spoiler episode on that um, at some point. But yeah, we'll see if anybody else plays it. I mean, I've, I've, I'm like an hour in. Nothing okay. has happened significantly. Okay. Apart from like borrowing books and then getting in a fight with a nun, I things realize are, other things, things are about to happen. Yeah, things I realize. I realize there are things that are going to happen. Yeah, you know yeah, what it yeah. is. Uh-huh. We were talking about how boring the game is, which to some extent it is. It's mostly just because all you hear is like birds chirping and like a a quill oh, on so parchment peaceful. paper. It is so like puts you in a state in the way that like 2001 A Space Odyssey does. And you require white noise to go to sleep. So yes. I feel like it's kind of triggering it something is. in you that, you know, yeah. I just don't have. I just listen to, you know, death metal. Hmm. Um... Cool. I think we did it. I think we did another episode of The Rescues. Anything before we go? No, that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you all again for joining us this holiday season. This has been another episode of The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Resties! Resties.